So, Rachel. Yeah? The Enterprise explores Data's home planet, Omicron Theta. They find his brother and the dark secret he carries. What do you think you're going to get? <laughs> Data has a home planet? Well, He's a race? Well, no. <laughs> he has a brother? <laughs> I presume they're all programmed for a purpose. So, Data's is Starfleet. The brother's is to be a vet. Let's see. Still a veterinarian? Vets in the future, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Seen a horse or two? <laughs> sure. But he likes Miss Marple instead of Sherlock Holmes, and he's very serious and or mean. I think that's pretty much the episode. <laughs> okay, no need to watch it. <laughs> See you next week. Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's Log, Stardate 41242.4. Our last assignment has taken us into the remote Omicron Theta star system, home of our android crew member, Lieutenant Commander Data. Although we do it our next assignment, I have decided to visit Data's home planet for a few hours in the hopes of unraveling some of the mystery of his beginnings. Ooh, Rachel. We got our first double. Two, two, two datas are better than one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I am Chris Lackey. And we are at rachelwatchesstartrek.com. And on Patreon. And on YouTube. All right. Yeah, there's so many great videos. Rachel has been knocking them out of the park. <laughs> I love your Scotty video. With... And they're only short. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. So what, you know, what are you waiting for? Get out there. Get out there. Go Work watch out. Them. Get the in-jokes because you listen to this show. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube, Rich Watches Star Trek. There's a lot Please. of in-jokes. <laughs> well, let's get into this episode, which is called Data Lore. So it begins on the Enterprise, which is at Omicron Theta, the place where Data was discovered. They're just there to be nosy. Everyone is like, Data is going to be so excited. And I'm thinking, the guy with no emotions. Uh, he's more emotional than Spock, though, don't you think? He's so characterful, isn't he? That he, I'm not surprised they project emotions onto him. Yes, he's more expressive. Yeah. But Data isn't excited. He's actually in his quarters practicing sneezing. Yeah, this is tiresome. Yeah. Wesley comes in and he asks if Data has a cold. Why would he? <laughs> he knows Data is one, not organic. Yeah. <laughs> And two, you know, one is probably enough, actually. <laughs> Data doesn't know what a cold is, surprisingly, even though oh. Dr. Crusher can't stop going on about how they've cured the cold. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes, oh, no, that's something my mom told me about. And it's like, oh, please quit talking about the we common cold. We get it. So Data explains that he just wants to fit in. And I'm thinking, sneezing? <laughs> that's the way you want to fit in is by sneezing? Yeah. Because generally people don't sneeze. Not anymore. <laughs> well, not Either. The, most of the time. <laughs> Come people... round here, you'll hear me doing it six in a row all the time. I'm good at that. But most people don't. Why would they sneeze? Allergies on the planets, maybe? I I don't know. Spoiler alert. I really like this episode. But when you unpick it, the writing's really terrible. It is. Yeah. So if Data is this hard up to fit in, why doesn't he, minimum, change his eye color? Yeah, I don't think he's thinking looks-wise. He's thinking behaviorally, isn't he? He likes it as an experiment. It's like one of you lot coming over here and then trying to do the accent. Right. Which Chris is still trying to do. I can't. <laughs> Ten years on. I live in Keithla. <laughs> I just think that this is a weird thing where Data wants to fit in but doesn't seem to do the things that would make him fit in. I mean, he, hmm. he's obviously an android. Are they leaving him out at the bowling alley or at lunch? <laughs> Because he seems to be fitting in just fine. Yeah. If he was being left out, he wouldn't be upset by it because he doesn't oh, have emotions. Right. 
I love Data. He's my favorite character in Next Gen. Yeah. And they do really cool things with him later. Mm-hmm. I guess they're trying to figure him out and where he fits in and things. Anyway, mm-hmm. Wesley points out that they're at the planet of Data's origin. And he says, I thought you'd be more interested in it. And he goes, oh, I'm interested, but I'm also interested in sneezing. <laughs> I thought that was cute, actually. Yeah. We get some exposition. The entire Earth colony disappeared from the planet 26 years ago. Riker leads the away team down to the spot that Data was found by the crew of the USS Tripoli. We now learn that Data has many, if not all, of the memories of the 411 colonists. Eh? Yeah, that was something I totally forgot about, and they don't really bring up very oh, much no. in the series. First that we've heard of it, and the last, I expect. Kind, I'm, I think it comes up a bit, but... They don't even pull it through this episode, never mind the rest of the yeah. canon. His memories, you say they're not complete, they're just some of the memories of the colonists. But still, the fact that you have 411 people's memories in oh, you... that's awful. I'd hate that. In a way, they would kind of live on through you. Yeah. But then For how do you what, process that stuff? Because I wonder how much of those memories actually make Data who he is. But maybe it's not like that. Maybe they're just memories that are stored on a file in his hard drive mm. that is his brain somewhere. So yeah. he doesn't actually use them. They in don't his... influence his behavioral yeah. character. Yeah. I don't know. Very they... strange. They find a stone table near some stairs that are going down. Why are the stairs covered in manure? <laughs> I think it's supposed to look like dead vegetation. Well, it definitely looks like poo. But why would that be there? Because yeah, so, all life is yeah, gone, even right. bacteria. Oh, yeah. 26 years ago. So there shouldn't be anything there. Because then if there isn't any life, then there wouldn't be bacteria to break down organic things. Because that's why things decompose. Bacteria gets in there and breaks it up. Mm. I don't know. Maybe one of your brainiacs out there knows about yes, that please. stuff better than we do. Uh, LaForge looks at a wall nearby and actually discovers <gasps> something with his visor. Finally. He realizes that they're man-made, and he finds a secret latch to open it. It leads to an underground complex. have to share with you a recent disturbing experience. Mm-hmm. Albert's just got into Minecraft, and he showed me a hotel he'd built. It's got two rooms. One of the rooms, if you just, where you're sleeping, smash away a couple of bricks, there's the secret tunnel into the middle of a mountain. And I just thought that's so disturbing. I would hate that room. He <laughs> says they don't tell anyone about it. It's a secret to the guests. But just the creepiness of knowing that there could be golems on the other side of the wall. Who knows what's going on? Why do you go sinister with this? I think it's just super cool that he made a room. First of all, that he made a hotel and that he made a secret passageway that led to the inside of this mountain. That's super neat. He didn't make it seem magical, though. Passed it off as though it was no big deal. And that made me more suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So... They find a laboratory that has that awesome laser table that they use as a prop over and over again. It's cylinders with flashing light neon tubes inside. Yeah. There's two of them side by side. They're parallel. Yeah. And they're cool. red. And then they just kind of move around. I'm going to point that out every time I see it because <laughs> they use it a lot. It's one of those haunted props that shows up wherever <laughs> it wants to go. Data recalls being tested in this laboratory. They find some children's pictures on the wall, the drawings of people running away from what looks like a giant snowflake. It's all very ominous. <laughs> I love displaying my kids trauma art in the office. <laughs> See, this is one of the things that doesn't make sense. No. Who put it there? What's it for? The crystalline entity showed up. Yeah, did that put the picture up? Data then remembers Dr. Noonien Sung using the machines. That sounds a bit like Khan's name, doesn't it? It does, Sing. 
LaForge knows of Soong and that he was a renowned robotics scientist. He attempted to realize the dream of sci-fi writer Isaac Asimov to create the true positronic brain. The what? He's the one that came up with the... Robot rules. The rules, yeah. yeah. And so I guess this is just an homage to him, that there is this brain that works in a way where the first rule is don't harm anybody. The second rule is... that's what positronic means, is it? Yeah. Okay. The second rule is... When do they do the singing and dancing? When does that come into the rules? That's not part of the rules. Aw, get it, hit it. (laughs) So Soong failed to come up with this positronic brain and went into hiding. They now realize that he actually came here under an assumed name to continue his work, which is just crazy to me that they're just now investigating this. Oh. After 26 years, the Tripoli came, oh, showed yeah. up, found data, and then they just haven't come back. Nobody's explored this. Yeah. They've not bothered to find out why the rest of them were killed off. Yeah. Presumably there's many other datas. Obviously. Is he the only one? So far, yeah. But the lack of curiosity by Starfleet <laughs> oh, well, on this. that's a common theme. But that's, it's just preposterous that they would go find a fully made android yeah. who pops awake. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> All these colonists are gone. Let's see and they who wants to go to uni. I, I think you would have a whole bunch of Starfleet personnel coming to this planet to try and figure out, of course. Do you think that? I, You've watched three seasons of TOS. For the show, I expect lots of dumb things. You yes. are correct. Okay. But in the world that they exist in, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on is our catchphrase now. Data, Riker, and LaForge search the lab while Yar and Worf check out the rest of the facility. Data finds an android identical to himself, but stored in pieces. Well, it looks so not identical <laughs> that I assumed Brother would be played by a different actor based on the picture on Netflix. <laughs> Or a woman, possibly. Yeah, it's a pretty bad fake head. It obviously looks like it's made of foam. It looks really light. So Data wants to take the pieces back to the Enterprise and reassemble this android. And Riker agrees to it. No. (laughs) Just don't do it. It seems like such a bad idea. Back on the Enterprise, Chief Engineer Bagpipes is on the case, (laughs) trying to get this android back together. He's back (laughs) for one more assignment. They may have to use Data as a working model to reassemble this other android. The senior crew has a meeting about this new android, and everyone is a bit uncomfortable. So much I assumed they were talking about Data's genitals the whole time. (laughs) Legitimate questions about any of this need not be asked apologetically. You feel uncomfortable about aspects of your duplicate data. We feel uncomfortable too, and for no logical reason. If it feels awkward to be reminded that data is a machine, just remember that we are merely a different variety of machine. In our case, electrochemical in nature. Let's begin to handle this as we would do anything else. Well, sir, a good starting point may be, why was I given human form? Well, to make it easier for humans to relate to you. Had to be but your designer may have had something else to prove as well. That human-shaped robots need not be clumsy or limited in their performance. You certainly operate as well as we do, Data. Better in some ways, sir. Nice self-esteem, Data. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Uh, He pulls off things like that, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's still endearing. It's not cocky. It's just a fact. Innocent. Yeah. Uh, Data is called away to assist with the android, and Data has to confess to Dr. Crusher that he actually has an off switch. Now she and Yah both know how to turn him on. (laughs) (laughs) This is something that he has kept secret from everyone. He asked Crusher how she'd feel if people knew she had an off switch. She doesn't have one. She's thirsty all year long. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) 
Oh, if only we could get Gates McFadden to be on our show. <laughs> yes. They have data on the table next to the other Android. The new Android is fully assembled, but not working. Picard wonders if this Android or data was actually built first. Is that what twins get asked all the time? Have we got any twins out there? Yeah. Is that the question that you're sick of hearing which one of you was born first? Why? I've known twins and I've never asked them that. Well, well done. And surprisingly, the new Android comes to life and answers. He says he was made after Data to replace the imperfect Android. Oh, burn on arrival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Lore. Picard takes Data for a private discussion. But I am also troubled by it describing you as imperfect. Human language gives me difficulty too, sir. Imperfect could mean that I lack certain abilities he possesses. Mm, I wonder. But the point of this is whether you and it have approximately the same capabilities. We do, sir. And you're referring to him as it. Suggests that I too fit into the category of a thing. Oh, yeah, I, I see your point. My apologies. Gladly accepted, sir. As for Lore's abilities, his use of syntax and grammar suggests he was given human memories similar to my own. And you have about equal physical strength and mental abilities. I believe so, sir. Which requires that I now ask you a very serious question. Since the two of you are so closely related to each other... The answer, sir, is that my loyalty is to you and Starfleet completely. Thank you, Commander. I was certain of that. If you were certain, why did you ask? Yes. It's good, though, that dialogue, isn't it? I think that this is really good, and it's actually really good pronoun talk. Oh, yeah. You know, how we have sometimes, especially with transgender issues coming out in the forefront, people are often concerned about their pronouns. But yeah. in this scene, Picard uses incorrect pronoun. Data mm -hmm. corrects him. He apologizes. And then they move and, on. And they just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Point, yeah, I think it's great. It's nice, good example. I find it odd that this loyalty discussion came up at all. It's not something that would have crossed my mind that Data would give up his allegiance to Starfleet to hang out with his brother. Absolutely. He know more than any of the humans. Probably he'd be the least likely yeah, to. Yeah, I think he? so for sure. But this might be me transposing my knowledge of Data from future episodes. Because Picard still is relatively new with Data. So mm -hmm. maybe that's what that's coming from. Yeah. For some reason, Wesley and LaForge are showing off the ship's controls to Law. <laughs> Law has a facial tick. It's, Brent does a great performance. Really makes oh, them yeah. different, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Without shattering it up too much. <laughs> <laughs> and he seems to be pretending he's not as smart as he is. He also says he was made to please humans. He's more smiley and loose than Data. But is he fully functional? Oh, yeah. Say. Remember it in every way, yeah. On a walk to Data's quarters, Data and Lore talk. Lore is very dismissive of humans and tells Data not to be jealous of him. <laughs> Lore is an asshole. Sure is. <laughs> Data looks up soon and Lore calls soon often wrong soon hmm. and then makes fun of Data for trying to be more like humans. Data has also figured out that Lore was lying about Data being made before Lore. Lore tells him that he was made first and the colonists were envious of him and they persuaded Soong to make a less perfect robot, Data. <laughs> Sounds like an older child with their nose put out about having a sibling. <laughs> My parents really did get it perfect the first time. That's why I'm an only child. That's, True. That's what they say anyway. So Lore keeps saying that he was made to please humans, but then he's taking the piss out of Data for oh, trying he, to be more human. He's, he's lying. That was a lie. Right. Lore was made to be human. So he has emotions and drive and oh, self-interest right. and things like that's that. That's what they got wrong. 
Yes. Mm, now I'm getting you. Oh, that was the missing piece of the puzzle. <laughs> oh, I feel quite enlightened now. <laughs> and Lol has a perfect grasp of language and humour. Well, we didn't see evidence of that. He points out that Data can't use contractions, but Law can. As in, it's... Although Data has apparently used those in previous episodes. Oh, right. They're, in but this episode, deciding that he can't. Yeah. Data says he'll have to report all this to the captain, but Law doesn't seem bothered. He still has unrestricted access to the ship and computers, though. So bizarre. On the bridge, Picard and Riker look at Lore's report. The colonists were killed by a crystalline entity that feeds on life forms and can strip a whole planet of life. The androids weren't biological, so they didn't get sucked up by it. Hmm. Yar tells Picard that Lore has left his room and is out about the ship. Yar asks if Data can be trusted, to which Picard says yes, but that question is a sound one. Why would this make poor little Data less trustworthy? Is it because they can't tell them apart? There should be a protocol from Double Kirk time about putting a bit of hair dye behind the ear of one of them. Or oh. a bit of ultraviolet paint. Oh, yeah. I, why do that? Put like a flipping... Brandom. No, Chris, well, you not... can't do that. <laughs> no, like fair. something obvious, like a big Sharpie mark on the side of the face that'll last for a few days. We've there had be... that before with Kirk. Do you remember one of them had a scar? Oh, yeah, and he but tried he to cover it up to, with the makeup. He put foundation on, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Mm. Lore makes some kind of drink with a roofie in it. Mm. Rather than, says Will Wheaton in Memories of the Future, use the on-off switch introduced earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Will. I love the idea of you and your brother Pat drinking champagne together. <laughs> Isn't that what brothers always do? <laughs> yeah, we love drinking champagne together. Data comes in and Lore says, hey, we got to be more human-like, so why don't we have a drink? Because we can drink, even though we don't actually get any sustenance mm. from it. But let's just pretend. And Data's like, okay, sure. He drinks he it. He can get drunk, though, can't he? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he drinks this drink and whatever was in it screws up his systems and he is shut down. Lore reveals that he has learned how to communicate with the crystalline entity and that he was the one that led it to the planet with the colonists to be consumed. That was his revenge for them planning to disassemble him. Yikes. He could communicate when he was in pieces, though? Well, I think what happened was he communicated to the crystalline entity before he was dismantled oh. and said, hey, come here and get these people. So they dismantled him. They didn't know what was coming, and mm. then the crystalline entity showed up. But see, it's a little confusing. They don't say that. You're just left to fill in the gaps. Yeah. You? On the bridge, they detect a subspace communication from Data's room and then sends Wesley down to check on them. <laughs> like, what? What about Yah or Worf or anyone else? Picard says, be discreet. Oh. It could potentially be really dangerous. Yeah. You're sending the kid down? Come on. I suppose uh, they don't suspect any trouble because androids can't get up to any trouble. Well, they don't know this android. They don't know this android. So they're making a lot of dumb assumptions here. Mm -hmm. Lore is communicating with the crystalline entity and, and tells it that Lore is referring to himself as Data now. So Lore is now dressed in Data's clothes and Data is in Lore's clothes. Wesley comes in and sees what he believes to be Lore on the floor and Data says, Laura attacked me and I had to shut him off. Leaving him here on the floor. No yeah. problem. Yeah. And then he has his facial tick and Wes looks at him and goes, that's weird. And then he says as his cover, I'm just trying to impersonate my brother. Pretty good, Ooh. huh? The way I did that. And Wes is like, uh-huh. I think rather than I'm trying to impersonate, he says, I am. So yeah. that he kind of proves to Wesley that he must be Data because Data can't say... Uh -huh. I'm. Wes kind of cautiously backs out of the room and leaves. <laughs> Law uses a tool to fix his twitch and give Data a twitch. How does that work? That's better tech than Bev's got. <laughs> Science magic. <laughs> On the bridge, Dr. Crusher asks West what is up, and he says that Data had to shut Lore off. When Data, Lore in disguise, shows up on the bridge, Dr. Crusher takes him aside and says, Hey, I thought 
the switch thing was secret. And Laura says, well, if you can't trust your crew, who can you trust? Mm, Will Wheaton says, this is where the episode sets course for Planet Shark and warps right over it. (laughs) (laughs) They then detect something coming at them at high speed. It's the crystalline entity. Picard says they need to go question law, but Wesley says he doesn't think data is data. But of course, they dismiss Wesley. Come on, why did they send him then? Oh, jeez, it's so infuriating. They've promoted this guy to acting ensign. Yeah. And then they don't listen to flipping word he says. No, it's ridiculous. And he's been right loads of times before. Yes, he has proven himself not to say dumb stuff and Mm. lead them down the garden path. He always sets them straight. Yep. I remember thinking Wesley was annoying when I was... A kid? He's not. He is not at all. He's the only one doing his flipping job. Yes. So they go down to Data's quarters. Data is on the floor dressed as Lore, and Lore, dressed as Data, points out the facial tick and says, hey, see, look, facial tick. And then he goes to Data and he kind of turns on the switch, but then is turning it on and off. So he's sort of having these spasms. And he tells Riker and Wes to leave because he's not sure he's going to be able to control Lore. So they leave. Eh? (laughs) And don't call security? (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, Laura makes fun of humans for being so stupid, then kicks Data in the head repeatedly. Oh, I hope he can't feel pain. No, I don't think he can. It's pretty... Pretty brutal. Brutal, yeah. Yeah. He kicks him so hard that a little panel on his head opens up and you can see there's circuitry and stuff inside of him, just Mm. under his skin. On the bridge, Riker and Wes tell Picard what happened. Wesley sticks to his story. That is not Data. (laughs) The crystalline entity moves towards the Enterprise, but the shields stop it. Law, as Data, tells the captain he can talk to it. Law tells it as Data that it needs to back off, and Law suggests that they beam a tree out to it, then destroy the tree to show their power. Picard agrees. We haven't got any other better ideas. <laughs> eh? What's the rest? They're not having a meeting about this or anything? No, the idea, it's so brutal and weird to, like, beam a tree out yeah. into space and what then shoot tree? it. I guess they can replicate a tree. Right, yeah. If they replicate food, they can replicate a tree. Yeah. So... It's all bizarre and weird. Lore as Data leaves the bridge, but Wesley says, hey, look, I don't think this is Data. And then they go, we understand, sure, whatever. And they blow him off. And he goes, no, I know you guys are going to get mad at me for doing this, and I'm probably going to lose my instantship, but that is not Data. Wow, he's putting everything on the line. He's so sure. And then we get the infamous, shut up, Wesley, (laughs) which poor Will Wheaton complains about hearing constantly all the time. Picard orders Worf to monitor what Data slash Lore is up to, and Dr. Crusher is frustrated as well, but then she says, shut up, Wesley. (sighs) Come on. I think she thinks that Wesley keeps digging himself in a hole, and she's trying to get him to be quiet so that he doesn't dig himself into that hole anymore, but it's all weird. Yeah. Will Wheaton said, printing presses, silk screens, and button makers going to overdrive as entrepreneurial fans do what they do best. With that phrase, shut up, Wesley. It seems stupidly out of character for Picard. It is. Picard then says his famous catchphrase, which has not been used up until this point in The Next Generation, make it so, Mm -hmm. and Law doesn't get it. So how is the audience supposed to get it? (laughs) I presume they've recorded other ones before this that introduced the catchphrase. Oh, weird. He then sends Wesley to his room with Mom there to make sure he doesn't come out. Is this an acting ensign or not? Exactly. It's preposterous. Ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. So Worf gets in the turbo lift with Lore, who he thinks is Data, and then the jig is up. So then Lore just beats the total crap out of Worf. Aw, at least we get some action, I guess. Yes. A Wes and Dr. Crusher go down to Data's quarters. Wes has convinced her to help him turn Data back on. Hooray. Data pops up, not too damaged, and says that they must stop 
Lore. Yeah, Lore is in a cargo bay and getting ready to lower the shields to beam out a tree, but he's doing it to let the crystalline entity in. Real Data, Wesley and Dr. Crusher sneak in. Data and Wesley confront Law, and Dr. Crusher sneaks up behind him with a phaser. She just sucks <sighs> and gets too close to Lore, and Lore is able to disarm her. The whole point, and this is something in movies that drives me crazy. Maybe people do it in real life too. I don't know. The whole point of a gun is that you can hurt somebody from a distance. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, people stay get... at a distance. She wasn't even that close to him, was she? She let him go quite a distance towards her before he disarmed her. Yeah, it's bad riding. Lore tells her to leave, and Wesley is his hostage. And as she leaves, Lore gives her a malicious little phaser shot to the arm. Yes, that's her on fire. Yeah, and she runs out of there. It's very brutal. Mm. This Lore is not a good guy. No, she'll be fine in the next scene, though. Okay. She just got a little rip in her outfit. Using her arm as normal. Exactly. Data uses this as an opportunity to jump lore, and they have a good old-fashioned fight scene. But who's the stunt double? Both of them. Both of them oh, are the stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> this episode marks the first Star Trek appearance for stuntman Brian J. Williams, who doubled Spiner throughout the run of The Next Generation, all four films, and also in Enterprise, said Memory Alpha. Oh, okay. Good job. Data throws lore onto the transporter pad, and he is beamed out into space. Will said into the huge plot hole that opened up when the crystal doesn't leap through the lowered shields and eat them all. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Good point. Picard, Riker, Yar, and Crusher all show up into the cargo bay and find Lore gone. The crystalline entity decides to give up and flies away. What? I guess because he's lost contact with Lore. So. And they ran out of script pages to yeah. write. And we end with this. Data, you all right? Yes, sir. I'm fine. Now get rid of that damn twitch and put on the correct uniform. Yes, Captain. Ensign Crusher, you able to return to duty? Yes, sir. Then do so and let the bridge know that all is well down here. Aye, sir. It's gone, sir. Without Laura, it had no way to reach us. And we're overdue for our computer refit. Number one, have you ever considered whether data is more human or less human than we want? I only wish we were all as well balanced, sir. Agreed. Did you notice data say, I'm fine? After <laughs> <laughs> they've just established that he can't do that. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be able to do it? I didn't catch that. No. But apparently Brent and the director thought it would be cool and mysterious. To have him, you know, they did it fully intentionally. Oh, they did? Yeah. I guess, like, what if we got rid of the wrong guy kind of thing? That's I don't. That's ridiculous. Apparently, all the producers, writers, and genes stood around discussing this for ages when they should have been filming <laughs> on the bridge set. Brent refused to shoot it until they made a decision and stuck with it. He'd already used contractions in previous episodes. This was Gene's last episode as writer, said Memory Alpha. All right. Concepts. What was Evil Data's deal? He was in bits a minute ago, and now he's got this whole evil plan. Yeah, and why does he feed the humans to the crystalline entity? I mean, that was... Yeah, what's in it for him? Well, Revenge previously, but... But why the Enterprise? It would seem to behoove him to just play nice until he gets to some planet, and then he can, you know, wreak havoc or do whatever it is that he's going to do. What does he want to do? I, I, good question. I don't really know what his motivations are. Yeah, like, like you said, I really enjoyed this episode, but when you think about it, there's so much that doesn't make any sense. What does the crystal want to do with some meat puppets? 
eat them. What for energy? Yeah. It doesn't need matter, presumably, does it? It said bioenergy, whatever that yeah, means. I suppose that's a good carbon based sci-fi thing. There's no mis- <laughs> miraculous energy in our bodies. It's all chemical reactions and electromagnetic stuff. And why does a crystal need that? Story. Again, Troy would have been useful, so he's absent. She can't read Data's mind because he's an android. Oh, has that been established? Oh, yeah. I guess we have Spock reading uh, Nomad's mind. (laughs) But they do have thoughts, it seems. Yeah, but their thoughts work on a completely different system. They're transported through circuits and things, whereas ours are neurons and chemical reactions. Talked about humans as Mm bio-machines. That's a concept, I suppose. Data can drink, but he's all circuits and looks like a mannequin on the inside. Yeah, which is totally different than the idea that we had in Naked Now. Because it talked about, oh, I have all these fluids in my body. And he's totally, in this episode we see from looking at lore, he's mechanical. Yeah, and you see the bits of lore and it's just a taken apart mannequin, but not hollow. Oh man, I got so annoyed that there's a freaking seam on lore's torso. Like a huge seam. Oh, sloppy. So sloppy. Like they didn't even try to hide it. Anyway, uh, I thought that there were some solid, cool sci-fi concepts when they were talking about data. They kind of scratched the surface of that stuff about how he is a person. He's Mm -hmm. just mechanical. We're biological. Yeah, he's not an it. He's not an it. And all these things I thought were really cool. We tackle this later on in the second season. There's a full episode about this, Mm. which is one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek. This is kind of the the forerunner to that and it's laying some groundwork, which I think it does really well. And Picard goes at it with some compassion and an attempt to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Data has memories of all the colonists. They don't really go anywhere with that. No. Don't know why they introduced that. Will Wheaton says they make much of the advanced security system, which is worse than 1984 in this episode, but it fails to notice anything useful. Yeah, has it all set up so anybody's movements around the ship oh, are right. detected. Yes. Yeah. And then it's just never yeah. used. Why did Picard dismiss Wesley, insult him, see him save the day again, and then fail to apologize or have any resolution for that conflict? <sighs> Because I think Picard would be apologizing like every episode and they just don't want to do that. It's terrible. It's really badly written. Law was originally planned to be a female android to provide a love interest for Data. Her job would have been to go out and repair dangerous situations. It was Brent Spiner who suggested the old evil twin concept be used instead. That's Star Trek The Next Generation companion. I didn't know that. Mm. I'm so glad that they did that. Yeah. Because a love interest for days of yes. Android, it's ridiculous. In an early story for this episode, Riker is shocked to realise he has fallen in love with an Android Starfleet officer. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously went through quite a few different versions here. Wow. For concepts, I'll go four. There's some good data stuff in here. Some good conceptual stuff about lore and about his creation and about how he fits into that society. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I think it's a bit higher for me. Entertainment. Fantastic acting. I was so impressed with Brent's performance in Mm -hmm. these two roles. Yeah. And that must have been very difficult to do. Swapping from one costume to another, from one personality to another with those subtle differences. The camera work was really good as well, I thought. Mm -hmm. The split screen stuff, I couldn't tell at all. Oh, yeah, no. I'm not very savvy, but I thought it worked really well. (laughs) The stand-in double for Brent annoyed the heck out of him, apparently. Oh, no. Every time they had to be in a scene, say, going down a corridor away from the camera, the guy moved like a robot, like someone breakdancing. <laughs> and what started out funny quickly became annoying, said Will Wheaton in his book. Oh. By the end of the week, pretty much everyone wanted to deactivate him and sell him to the Jawa. <laughs> 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 the writing is so dodgy when you think about it. Like, yeah. they really just didn't bother. Yeah. 
but I enjoyed it. I found it very compelling, yeah. largely due to Brent's performance. I found it interesting. I cared what yeah. was happening, and I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah, it's a pretty entertaining episode, and it moves at a really fast clip. You've got action. There's yeah. fight scenes. There's like all that stuff. Some good concepts are in there. Like you said, if you think about it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But Conflict. Oh, well, I'm going to say I'm going to go eight as well. Okay. Yeah. Will Wheaton said the episode tried really hard, but was a step backwards after the big goodbye. And that at this midpoint in the series, they were irritating fans and alienating new viewers. Mm. He gives it a D. Wow. That's harsh. That is harsh. Sexiness. Evil Data Law was fairly sexy. I used to like it when Spock would smile occasionally. Oh, I see. It's There's one of those things. something yeah. naughty about it, you know? Yeah, it's not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Still, three. Three? Uh, I have 2.5 of them. We've introduced a new category here. Yes. Doofusity rating. Doofusity? Is that catchy? No. We're Doofusity. Al- we're already disagreeing on how to pronounce it. Doofusity. I say doofus. You say doofus. Let's call the whole <laughs> thing off. So. What should we call it? Dum dum rating. This is because the writing is so bad that yes. it, that we're pointing out times when characters do really dumb things. Yeah. Should we call it this stupid experts category? Stupid experts. Sure. It should be a number that has no limit. We count how many times people do dumb stuff in the episode. We're working with this concept. This, we'll, we'll tweak it. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Sorry, Rafe. But for now, stupid expert rating for Wesley, zero. Picard and Riker, 4.5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Crusher, 1. Leadership in general, 4.5. Yeah. Her stupidity crew. Two. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Well, she tried to do stuff, yeah. but Picard was saying, oh, no, don't worry about it. There was a lot of dumb stuff that happened in this episode, and yeah. it's frustrating that it gets much better. Again, I know I keep saying that, but it does. It gets a lot better. <laughs> There's a lot less stupid stuff going on. So your guess is? Well, I was just spinning at the idea of a home planet for Data. <laughs> <laughs> I suspected Law would be mean, but otherwise, nil point. Oh, well, I think the next episode is Angel One, which is one I think you're gonna enjoy because it's good or because it's bad it's interesting and funny in certain ways that i'm sure you're gonna appreciate yay let's just say that we see a lot of riker's chest hair oh that could be (laughs) good or bad (laughs) welcome this month new lieutenant philip welsh oh welcome and ensign jeff braun Welcome both to the crew well, on Patreon. Welcome, welcome. And yes, please, if you're not a patron of our show, go on over to our Patreon site and you will find that there is extra content. There's comment shows every month. And then for the people at the slightly higher tier, you get a bonus content episode, which is about a variety of different things uh, pertaining to either Star Trek or science fiction or things that we find particularly interesting. But it's somehow yeah. tied to Star Trek. Or if you just want a lovely way to support the show, keep it rolling along. Yeah. That would be great. We really appreciate all of our patrons. You guys rock. Thank you all so much for downloading this episode and for listening. And check us out on YouTube. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to Rachel Watches Star Trek. <laughs>